of the Concussion Protocol NFC uh, Roundup. Now begins. Episode 7, Part 2. Yeah, episode 7, Part 2. Episode uh, 7, Part 2 is what we're calling this. And it turns out we're going to release both of them at the same time instead of, you know, whatever. Yeah. Part yeah. 1 is, you know, it's right there with Part 2 and it'll be together and you can listen to both of them. You can uh, listen to a whole hour of us straight, at least. And if you do that, please see a psychologist. Yeah. You've got, clearly wrong. You might have some problems. Decision making, neocortex. So, in part one, we covered the NFC North and South, and now we're going to cover the NFC East and West. And leading the NFC East is the New York Giants. What an exciting team to own a piece of, because as Dave pointed out uh, during the 101 point throwgasm uh, yesterday, <laughs> if you look at the Giants, they have no running attack, they have no defense. All they can do is throw the ball all day long. So, yeah, I um, Ian was saying to the, the league that he was going to put Odell Beckham back on the trading block, and I make the argument over and over again that Odell Beckham is possibly the most valuable player in our league because you're going to keep him for nothing next year, an 18th round slot, and uh, he's on a team with a very well-rounded, strong offense—not strong, but like adequate, up there, adequate, adequate offense yeah. with a lot of luck. On their side, yeah. For whatever all, reason, God loves the Giants. Yeah, they, so, and, yeah. and they, he always has. Yeah, you know, Mishi yeah, always has. It's pretty obvious. Absolutely. Um, and they have terrible defense, and they have uh, a Manning who yeah, wants yeah. to win, who wants, who's you know already got two rings. He wants another one. I mean, like pieces of this offense are fantasy gold. Absolutely, is what I'm saying. No, no, and and it all it all throws, flows through Odell Beckham and Eli Manning. So obviously, you know, you want to own those two if if you're looking at Ruben Randall or or God forbid, praying for Victor Cruz to come back. Just just. Oh, uh, by the way, I just want to put this on record. I had a vision that Victor Cruz is going to catch this Super Bowl winning touchdown. He's going to be this year's David Tyree. I'm just saying, yeah. putting that out. There's going to be a Victor I, Cruz taint catch. I just in the want Super Bowl. There, exactly. I just want there to be. Yeah, and it's going to like re-injure his taint. <laughs> no, somehow, somehow he's going to catch the ball with his shattered patellar tendon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was like Gary Barnage when he caught it with his ankles. Victor Cruz will use his patellar tendon. Yeah, exactly. I'm uh, telling you, but I'm serious. I, I totally think that this is going to happen this Super Bowl. So again, because. Because the fates love the Giants. But yeah. I'm, Clever editing later, we'll just replace his name with someone else. Yes. Yeah. My prediction for the Super Bowl is Billy Sherm. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, that's the, I mean, the Giants are, are, they're all Odell Beckham or Eli Manning. They're going to keep producing offense. Yeah. They're matchup based, but I mean, uh, Eli and Odell are, Yeah, everything's matchup based. And Eli and, Eli and Odell are going to go off together every time that they can. So they're the yeah. safest play there. But the rest of the offense, like Shane Vereen, they all play a part because oh, yeah, nobody yeah. other than Odell is, is like, you know, your superstar, right? Everybody else gets their shit done. Yeah. And so and Eli spreads the ball out because a lot of the time he's running with like a two-year-old's fear face on. Yeah. You know? like, so. yeah Shane Vereen's actually a good one to bring up because I think that his value probably goes up from here on out. Um, Darkwa's a little banged up. Uh, they've already decided they don't... They, they're kind of trying to minimize Rashad Jennings and Andre Williams. So Even Dwayne um, Harris is catching touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of points to go around. So with Shane Vereen, you know, you know he's a relatively talented guy in that kind of Danny Woodhead style, and uh, he's right there. So he's probably cheap. Pick him up. Uh, next right, in, next in the garbage division. In the garbage division is Washington. The Blacks. Washington N words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the uh, Washington N words. Like, uh, did yeah. you see the? Just on a total side note, did, did you see it was like going around on social media? This like um, native artist put together a like new Redskins oh, logo yeah. that's like got the head of the bird instead of the. Oh no, that's the Blackhawks. 
It was the Chicago. Oh, it was the Black Ball. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> same, same, same shit, same, different yeah. pile, in exactly. my opinion. And it was really anyway, cool. Which just goes to show that, like, you know, it, it's a win-win-win if you do that. Yeah, just the, road. the team gets to make a shit. shit. Oh. For, Dan Snyder's the cheapest man alive. Oh, he's so, so for him, if you went to him and you're like, yes, on the one hand, we have to spend all this money rebranding. On the other hand, every one of our fans has to buy a New Jersey Dan. Yeah. Every single yeah, one of them. Yeah, I mean, seriously, just talk to the guy's pocket. He'll yeah, do it. Exactly. And then, and then the you know the fans win because they get a cool new logo and of this outdated piece of garbage and yeah. then, you know the human race wins because we're no longer denigrating an entire yeah, people exactly. so you know I feel like this is for the slime. sake of sport yeah. now that we've bored everyone with our hot which takes. also just also on a total side note I actually had a really hard time watching football Red Zone this Sunday at one point I felt like turning away and felt like a bad person because of the amount of injuries that yeah, happened like, brutal. Over, and it was all at the, around the same time yeah. you there was know, that, like, that stretch it was just like, in the middle of the yeah, day we were calling it the NFL NFL apocalypse. I mean, NFL Kyrie Robinson broke his leg. Oh, he was he, crying, man. To he, see Steve, Steve Smith, Smith hopping off the field with a towel over oh, his face. Oh man, you don't want that to be the last thing. Ricardo Lockett, he does. Yeah, going oh, to the hole. Like he was yeah. Dead. yeah, yeah, yeah. We were it, worried it he was, was dead. It was terrifying. Anyway, so yeah, uh, football once again the greatest and worst thing yeah, in the world. A little depressing, but anyway, let's talk. Speaking, speaking of a little depressing, depressing let's, let's talk about the let's, Washington N words. Let's talk about Robin Robert Griffin the third and his team <laughs> not even his team that's no, I so know, sad I know, yeah. I, know. <laughs> uh, I suspect that he was going to be on the trade block I think that you might see him going to somebody who's desperate uh, yeah, well, if the quarterbacks had been going down as much as the running backs had, I could see that happening. But he's just going to sit there and rot, in my opinion. The problem, Kirk Cousins dies. Yeah, exactly. I don't. They're never going to use him in Washington. But the problem with that team is that they are exactly the kind of mean-spirited little pin dicks well, that it's won't ex- let they, him go. They run the team like they run the name. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so they don't. They're not going to let him leave because there is a non, like a good chance. That if Chip Kelly got his hands on Robert Griffin, he looks like a whole different player. Sure, he's still an arrogant prick. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone at this point has any illusions that Robert Griffin is the leader that we thought he was. He's mm-hmm. kind of a dick. Yeah. But he's got a lot of talent. And somebody who actually knows how to hide his flaws and play to his strengths mm-hmm. could do a lot with him. Because look all he's doing for Sam Bradford this year. Well, <laughs> Sam Bradford's never been good, and I think we finally have definitive evidence. And yeah. yeah, there is a question whether or not Chip Kelly might smell his own farts a bit too much. And yeah. think that he's got those. But at the end of the day, this is a man that made Mark Sanchez look like a god last year. Yeah, so he did a very good job. Yeah, so let's just imagine Robert Griffin goes to the Eagles. I mean, not that they would trade to a, a divisional rival anyway, but like someone like that, and they turn him around. Well, now the Redskins look like the, the, the garbage-ass team that they are. So yeah. I don't think they're going to let him go, even though they should. But if I was the Browns, or if I was the Texans, yeah. I have my first round draft pick. Fuck yeah. it. Or maybe not my first because they're probably going to... Something. They're probably going to have a high first if you're the Texans this year. But yeah, yeah something. So are the Redskins going to ask for anything less than that? See, this is what yeah. I think he's stuck. Yeah. I think he's stuck there because of the way that... The this happened to Carson Palmer. This is how Carson Palmer's time with the Bengals ended. Yeah. Was they benched him for Andy Dalton. Or no, so there's some other asshole in the middle. Robert Griffin III's coming in. In the future, we're going to hear Robert Griffin III is just coming into his prime at 39. He's 30, or some 35 like, after 35, he got traded 36. to the Ravens for yeah. two first-round draft picks <laughs> exactly. like Palmer when he went to the Raiders. Yeah, exactly. um, Yeah, so... It's possible. It's possible. But yeah. I think it's, he's still in a deep hole to carry. Let, let, let's just quickly... This. Mentioned the fantasy value on that team, which is very difficult to find. Yeah. I think that Jordan Reed has yeah. some value the because, tight end, is um, that yeah. because 
you know, tight end is a tight spot. Mm-hmm. There's not too many of them to pick, and yes, they throw those those passes. And it's always been the tight end in that offense that, for the last two years because mm-hmm. it was Niles Paul when he was healthy and Reed was injured, and then there was this other kid that's the converted wide receiver that they were using one week uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, shit, what's his name? Derek Carrier. He had some good weeks there. So um, I suspect that that's just a tight end friendly offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can just target whoever's. And then if you want a piece of those running backs, I. Sad for you. I don't yeah. know why oh, you would. Yeah. It's like well, after this week, you, you might need to pick up something. Yeah, you might need to pick up something. I would definitely not bet on Alfred Morris. I wouldn't bet on. Guys. I wouldn't bet on Matt Jones either. Honestly, like, you really think that people should pick up Chris Thompson and run with it? Like, <laughs> I, I think that that's a team like, that's going to be behind more. Often I think than we're not. both agreeing that that's not a backfield you want a piece of. Yeah, but but if I had if I had to pick one of those three guys, I think it's Chris Thompson because I think every week he's going to give you at least five points. Where those yeah, two assholes he, yeah, can give you zero. Yeah, they might uh, not get him. But Chris Thompson will always be the guy out there on whatever. Yeah, game exactly. Game. And that's a bad team, so he's always going to play. Uh, Deshaun Jackson is. They've already basically said that they're going to be done with him. Is he's sort of lightly yeah. practicing again? Yeah. Tough guy to hold on to and hope for value because I don't think you're going to get it. Um, he's a head case with a bad attitude, so you know he's only got worth to a team when he's producing. Uh, when guys like that aren't producing, it's like Percy Harvin, right? Like as soon as Percy Harvin got injured, suddenly the team's like, "Oh, you know what? Fuck this guy." Yeah. All the other stuff that we were pretending to ignore, yeah, we're while he that. was producing touchdowns or whatever, now we're not going to, you know, admit that he's a dick. Yeah, I, I see Deshaun Jackson in the same vein. I, I think Did, was Deshaun Jackson the guy we were talking about, where the stories are all starting to come out, or was that no? No, that was um, on Dallas, which we finally get to talk yes. about. So let's just wait. Let's yeah, just yeah. wait. We, we always mention Dallas. It's actually coming around. Uh, Pierre Garcon, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, WR5. <laughs> no, no. I would say if I had him as a low-end WR2 or a WR3, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. He's, he's outproducing what I thought he was going to do. I've never liked him as a player. He's never been on one of my draft lists, even though I think that he's one of these guys that because of that, he's always going to produce slightly better than, than what you were hoping for because he kind of just flies under the radar. Mm. So you can probably buy him or, or, or acquire him for cheaper than his actual like value. mathematical value. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the only other guy... Uh, Owned in our league in the in in on the Washington etc. is Jim uh, Mason Crowder, and and that's mostly because of a keeper league. I mean, when you look at the build the build of the team, Deshaun Jackson probably will be done next year. Yeah, Mason Crowder's putting up good points. He looks like he has soft hands. You know, slot receivers are are one of these uh, things you want on your fantasy team as an emergency wide receiver for bye weeks or whatever. Because mm-hmm. they, again, they they have that nice safe floor that won't fuck you over. So if he's if he's going to be the guy on the that team, then he's the guy on that team. For sure. Um, so, wait, we've only gone through two teams in the East. Okay, let's move on. Philly Eagles. Philly Eagles. Oh, now, this what is, is, a, this is a very difficult team to yeah. be excited about after the season started. It's because like I, was, I was a Sam Bradford hoper, like Wanter. Yeah. I owned him at the start. I was excited about it. It has not gone. No, well. and and you know it's it's like a Rorschach test when you look at the Eagles. What you see almost says something about you more than it says about the team. Yeah, because it's like 
do you think Chip Kelly is a misunderstood genius who's working his way to something yeah. like the best that he can because the piece is kind of still broken right now? Yeah. Or is Chip Kelly an asshole that drove this team into a fucking ditch by yeah. trading LaShawn McCoy away for uh, a, a linebacker who hasn't been healthy this season? His quarterback is Sam Bradford who has never done anything and got dumped by a bad team. You know I got a I mean? picture like, of somewhere in the middle. Like, he thinks he's a genius. Mm-hmm. Like, he has good ideas. Holding, he does. Holding these things. But then there's something Thing on, yeah. the, on the other side of that coin that's holding everything back because like they have uh, like tons of talent. Yeah. There's so much talent there. Yeah. Like their backfield is like a ridiculous mm-hmm. you know. They have three good running backs. Yeah and none of them are really getting the numbers that they should be getting. And, I mean Brian Matthews has been the most reliable guy there. But they won't give him the touches right? Yeah. It's similar to what Kubiak was doing with Peyton in, in Denver at the beginning of the season where it's like Chip Kelly is, is trying to cram a player a square player into a round role. You know? yeah. like he can't seem to figure out that if you want DeMarco Murray, you want him in the eye formation going straight ahead full speed yeah. because that's how he gets his yardage, that's right? That's how he destroys guys. Yeah, and then Ryan Williams is the guy, Ryan Matthews, excuse me, is the guy who, who, who can give you those quick cuts and stuff. And so, you know, it's fine to, to use them both for different roles, but actually know what the fuck you're doing, right? For sure. Um, yeah, there's not really much like Jordan Matthews. I'm sorry if he's your WR1 yeah. this year because he's just... You know what? I think he's the part of the problem. Well, they, aren't they saying he's been like playing hurt and not well, talking? They about always, it? you know, I think that they're making they up excuses say, exactly. for this guy. They always like, say shit like that uh, down the line. It's just not going well for him, and that's it. That's it was all like, there is to it. Wasn't it interesting that we only hear about Andrew Luck being hurt when people start saying, "Is Andrew Luck actually, you know, any good?" Overhyped? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah suddenly sure. now the team, there's rumors that his ribs are broken. Well, I, I, it was his fucking agent or someone close to him, you know, put out that. Well, actually, he's hurt, right? It's it's the same with Jordan Matthews. Is he hurt? Maybe. Everyone in the NFL is hurt. It's yeah. football. Yeah. Uh, the question is, can he catch a goddamn ball? That's the problem. He's yeah. dropping the ball. Yeah. So Sam Bradford's not playing very well. It's exacerbated by Jordan Matthews yeah. dropping balls, which means that Ryan Matthews and uh, and DeMarco Murray are being and asked scrolls. to get uh, they're on third and eight yeah. or whatever, right? And every time. Every time. And that's what's killing that offense. Yeah. Uh, Riley Cooper is garbage. He should not is be Is it going to change? Probably not. Exactly. It's not going to. Well, you know, Chip Kelly is coming out of the bye week. That that to me maybe he yeah because he's had down, time to sit, sit and watch and a lot of tape on yeah. the next team so yeah. expect them to come out guns blazing right but it's like a- he runs this offense so fast but as soon as the you know everything else is moving too fast he can't handle it anymore like, yeah and and you know he's got enough track record now that I, like from last year and, and the the offensive miracle that he he pulled off there that I'm willing to I'm willing to see what comes out of the bye week right right I wouldn't start any of those players. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't even try to acquire them. I'd start laying the groundwork by talking to the owner. If you want DeMarco Murray or whomever, yeah. you're like, oh, maybe you know, hey, if he has a good week, you know, yeah. come back to me, right? Yeah. And then if he has a good week, absolutely snap him up. Uh, now we're on to everybody's favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys, who are sitting at the bottom yeah. of this garbage. The Dallas Cowboys feel to me like the team that will uh, that will be the the rocky reef that a lot of teams shipwreck on this year, right? Like the, the someone's going to look back and say, uh, "Des Bryant was what fucked me this year," yeah. or "Joseph Randall is what fucked me this year." Yeah. I, I just that's so many danger signs there. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, man, when you have. Terrence Williams is like your number one healthy dude. It's, yeah. it's pretty. It's not good. It's not good because he's not very good. And Tony Romo going out, that that hurts a lot. Like 
maybe the Cowboys get their shit together and they make it to the playoffs and Tony Romo comes back and mm-hmm. something mir- miraculous happens. But as far as fantasy goes, that's no yeah. good for anybody but the Dallas Cowboys. Well, and they, they've said that that uh, he's out. For, he needs the full eight weeks to heal. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not he's not going to do what Des Bryant did and surprise is coming back a week yeah. too early. He's well, going to be out for a while. Des surprises, but he only surprises by like being a, a smiley face yeah. on the on the field. Really? Well, I mean, let's talk about what's going on in Dallas offensively. Never mind, you know, blaming it on Des Bryant or Terrence Williams or whomever. What are they doing? Like, mm-hmm. what's the game plan? Right? They lose their quarterback. They have a backup. They know that both of these guys, Castle and Whedon, can't really throw the ball deep. Castle was the leading rusher on Sunday, yeah, or, like, or close to it, or something like going, that. Like, so where's like, Cole Beasley? Right? Like, Cole Beasley, he, is he catching he, passes? No. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's, that's the point, right? Is that, like, <coughs> he's your he's your slot guy. He has, supposedly, he's got a lot of talent. They keep See, hyping him up. Why yeah. are you throwing short passes to him? I think, I think the situation is, like, they're hyping up these guys, and they're saying they're really talented, but they'd be more talented if they had someone more talented throwing them the ball. Sure. As soon as you drop down to the castles of Whedon, then the guys that you're hyping up as talented, they, they can catch a ball when it goes right to the right spot, and they yeah. do it well. I mean, there's plenty of guys who can't catch a ball when it goes right yeah. to the right spot, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yes, yeah. there is a talent level there that every time Tony Romo throws them a strong like accurate, nice yeah, accurate yeah. pass that catch the ball, but that's not what we're talking about anymore. So well, but you, you know, then my question down becomes, the hill it goes. I, I understand that you're short Des Bryant and Tony Romo, but are you telling me that those are the only two talented people on that team? No, I think that that when they're on the team and they're producing, it allows everybody else to open up on the field a and, and a breathing room, and then. That's when these guys become useful and relevant. Yeah. Until that's happening, the, that team's a, t- a burning fire, and they don't know what to do because they. I th- I'm sure they think and realize sort of the same thing. But no fucking team owner, especially the Jerry Dallas Jones. fucking Cowboys, yeah. is going to be like, "Oh well, we just kind of figured out we're mediocre without our best players." Sorry, like yeah, they're yeah, never yeah. going to say that. They're going to well, hype it the shit out of guys and you know pull out skanky wins, basically. I I am. <laughs> I, um, uh, my framework for, for thinking about these things is that I will always agree with you when you say that, like, you know, if you take the top-tier talent out, that means that everyone has to step up, and then, you know, stepping up might not be within their, their, their talent set, you know what I mean? Yeah. They might not have the skill set for it. That said, I when I look at that team, what I see is something that is common to a lot of these teams, which is coaches who are not adapting their play calling to what they have. Mm-hmm. Right, if you Cole Beasley is is considered quite a good slot receiver. There's mm-hmm. a lot of hype on him uh, coming out of college. Is he going to catch a lot of touchdowns? That's not what I'm saying, right? Like I'm not yeah. saying he's going to suddenly be able to have an eight foot broad jump, you know. No. But if but you change the offense exactly. to, to suit what he Screen the skill set that he has, yeah. That's the thing is I see them trying that, but there was uh, I think you were out of the room or something. But on sun, on Sunday there was a screen pass to Beasley that looked like he could have gotten a bunch right. of yards, but the throw wasn't there. Yeah. It wasn't there, and it was like there's nothing between Castles and Beasley. Yeah, and there's no, there's no rush coming at Castles. Yet. No chemistry. He's, he's on a safe. Yeah. He's on a safe pocket. He only he has to make a, the throw. There's no way it would take anybody more than five six seconds to make this throw. Sure. So it's not a difficult play for him, but he misses. You got me convinced that Dallas is just bad. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you've convinced me. <laughs> That's what I'm uh, saying. It's like, not entirely Jason Garrett's fault. Although he's, he doesn't even call offensive plays anymore. So yeah. Um. What, so what do we 
we okay? Let's let's talk about the running back situation in Dallas because this is one where you and I have been wrong. Um, but the book of Christine Michael yeah. continues to to like spread the word, but it's the gospel just word Christine. and it's just psalm. Blah, and blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. I, mean, uh, I can't even hear it anymore. I think that um, <laughs> Darren McFadden is running really hard, like he knows that this is his last crack to do what Chris Jones has done in in uh, in, uh, Arizona. in Arizona. Who's next, by the way? Yeah, I'm excited to talk we, about them. But yeah, but but uh, Darren McFadden. Um, you know, I don't, I don't believe in the term injury prone, but if there's anyone in the NFL who's injury prone, it's Darren McFadden. So, we'll, and he's already apparent. He was, he was dehydrated. Uh, that was why they kept pulling him out of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that I, I think that I, I, we have been completely wrong about Christine Michael, sort of his natural talents, giving him that job. That said, there's a bit of an overreaction now where people are saying Christine Michael sucks because yeah. he hasn't been able to take over. It's because Dallas. Also, like, right, all these rumors and all this talk about football teams starts where the football team is and works its way out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're going to overreact. Yeah, Yeah. they're going to be like... Chris Michael, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, he and, didn't he didn't bust out an eighty nine yard the first time he touched the ball or even thought about the ball. So yeah, he's fucking sucks. exactly. And 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 that's just it. It's like what we've seen. What the, what the couple of touches that Christine Michael has shown us is that he's got whatever it is five yards per carry. Mm. You know, he's doing fine. He's, yeah. he's had every game he's played. One of his couple of touches, he's busted a fifteen yard run. Mm-hmm. And so. Does that mean anything with that offensive line? Is he better than Darren McFadden? No, I'm just saying that he's not worse than, or that yeah. if Darren McFadden gets injured, I think now Christine Michael's the next man up. McFadden, uh, well, I agree 100% that, Mc, yeah. that Michael's the next guy up, but McFadden, if you, he's he's getting it done right now. Yes, like, yeah. He's getting it done, and as long as he keeps getting it done, they're going to stick with him. Um, what I like about Christine Michaels, every time I've seen him touch the ball, like there was a, his first run where he was on his knees and he got a few extra yards. Every time that kid stands up after the play, he's jacked. Yeah. Like he looks like he is so disappointed that he didn't get to smash through more people. Mm-hmm. And he now, now he knows he has to walk off the field and put McFadden back in yeah. or whatever. You know, he has yeah. to, he's, he's not going to get a chance to build a rhythm. Mm-hmm. And he's just stuck in the same hole he was stuck in before, right? Yeah. Except he's a a little higher on the depth chart, but a he's lot a, higher. Frankly, a lot, yeah, yeah, frankly, a lot higher on the depth chart, but on a team that's in panic mode. Mm-hmm. And if McFadden's getting the job done, they're not gonna. You they know, don't want to Michael's it, yeah. only gonna be in there a few snaps mm-hmm. here and there, and sure, he might bust out one or two. Like basically, his frustration is because he realizes that if he doesn't start luckily walking into being consistently getting like. 15 yards of yeah. carry every time he's on the field. He's not going to move up yeah. that depth. Or Darren McFadden has to get hurt. Yeah. And that's if Darren it. McFadden gets hurt and Christine Michael is allowed to get into a rhythm, look the fuck out. Yeah, that's, that's what I think. Yeah. And I think he's a, a black, a dark horse who, um, you know, like has never been given that chance. Yeah. yeah. And, and just by looking at his body language and the way he is on every play, as if he was given that chance and it went well for him. Oh my god! He, he, you're right. He, he his body language is the exact same body language you get from Chris Ivory. Exactly. Where, where they're just Chris like Ivory yeah, Chris or Ivory Chris stands Johnson. Up angry. You know? you know, Chris Johnson is another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're playing like that. Yeah. yeah, they just they, you know, grind. Even Peterson was kind of looking like that yep. again uh, on Sunday. Like every once in a while, he'd bust a run. He'd be like, "Freaking do this again!" But like that's imagine. Imagine not being one of those guys. Imagine that in Christine Michael's situation mm-hmm. where he's like, all right, I saw what I did. I saw where the hole is. 
oh, I have to go over yeah, the sidelines. Yeah. Oh, I don't get another chance to, to get my game flow going. Like, and that's what's so weird about it is that if you... Obviously, at, as a coach, if you and me were coaching, we'd give him that chance. Well, we'd flip the touches, right? Yeah. Because Darren McFadden like, is a guy who can glide mm. like Arian Foster. He can he can glide like uh, uh, Matt Forte, mm-hmm. right? He's a tall, fast guy, so you can use him... You know, on nine to twelve touches, especially mm-hmm. quick little uh, p- pitches and stuff like that, where he's got more room and space, and he's going to continue to produce that. Plus, he doesn't get broken down because he's a little old. Christine Michael is the guy you want to be riding for twenty twenty five touches because he's just going to pound out volume. You know, he's going to start to get more and more ahead of steam and and punish the defense and get better as the game goes on. So, I think Dave's right that as soon as he gets that chance, as soon as Darren McFadden rolls his ankle and he's to sit out a, a series, yeah, that's it. Finally, yeah. Finally, if you've been holding on to him and you want him to do stuff, but until that happens, sorry guys, leave him on your bench. Adam. He's just he's just a paperweight on your bench until that happens. It might not happen this year. Yeah, let, you know? yeah, it might not. Let, let's talk about. Lord knows, Joseph Randall's done. Yeah, yeah, let's let's go to Joseph Randall as our final <laughs> thing here, which is uh, I think Joseph Randall's done. I think you can you can drop him in any format, including Dynasty. Uh, because, yeah, because stories are starting to come yeah. out about how Joseph Randall's a crazy guy and all the shit that the team has obviously been trying to keep hidden is starting to come out, and when the team's uh, media people don't care about you anymore, that's a yeah, big yeah. sign. These, these big NFL sign. security teams that they have, each team has, where they have these relationships with the police, uh, they're the ones who hide stories like what we now know that Joseph Randall's been apparently calling the cops all the time and asking them to check out his house because he's a paranoid nut job. Yeah. Now, in combination with him leaving practice last week uh, without telling the coaches after he got demoted, him being demoted, which is a yeah. long time coming now with all of the yeah. complaints they've had about his ball security and his attitude and stuff, mm-hmm. and... This weed arrest that he's now, yeah. or you know, he's going to have a suspension for drug be use, facing. and there is the theft thing from the summer, right? So he's just on top of that, he's also hurt. Yeah, uh, air yeah. quotes hurt. And, like and, God knows what, and right? hasn't been effective, frankly. Yeah. So both friggin' what's his name has been way more effective. Darren McFadden has yeah. been much more effective, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that you can you can just do away with Joseph Randall at this point. Whoops. Moving on to the Arizona Cardinals at the top of the NFC West. Yeah, Fant- probably the- shitty place to live. Sounds fantastic football team. Yeah, probably <laughs> probably the best. Never been there. Well, okay, maybe Arizona. not. I would say it's them and the Patriots. <laughs> them and the Patriots are the two most balanced football teams. Thank I you. love watching the, the Cardinals because mm-hmm. you never really know what you're going to get, but you're going to get something. You it's going to be. Mean? Yeah, they're going to score four or five touchdowns. Yeah, this is one of those situations where we always talk about, um, you know, when. Oh, uh, you know he's got so many targets, and there's uh, these targets, and you're and you're like you want to have Larry Fitzgerald, you you know Michael Floyd might be out there, and now you want to have Michael Floyd. What you really want is Carson Palmer, yeah, and the running backs, and the running backs, because Carson Palmer's gonna you know he's got he's super talented, and he's got a lot of targets, yeah. So he's he's a heck of a quarterback to be playing Absolutely. this year. He's you know what it's it's Tom Brady and, and Carson Palmer, those two guys who are leading those offenses where there's so many weapons. Good offensive coaches who know what they're doing are going to be aggressive, are going to mm-hmm. continue to put up points even when they have a lead. That's what I like about both those teams, mm-hmm. right, is that the Patriots don't take their foot off the gas. The Cardinals don't take their foot off the gas and are, frankly, easier to predict who's going to get the touches. Yeah. Because Bruce Arians is not Bill Belichick. He comes out and yeah, says, exactly. he's, he's like, I mean, yeah, he, he was saying that they're going to get Andre Ellington more involved and they didn't. He didn't. But, but, like, you know, he said Chris Johnson some is of us, back. Chris some, Johnson of us, is back. some of us saw that coming, though. I mean, there's... The thing is, when he says stuff like that, 
it's easier to see through them when Belichick yeah. is throwing some smoke screens. That's and you're, true. You're just like confused. You're like, what? Uh, grapes and yeah, cheese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? No, it's and, and then and it's like know, John Brown, right? Like, I mean, no one, you no can one see that you can start John Brown. You, this week. Yeah, you can feel the the you know, there's like Ellington love there, and yeah. they, they want to say this stuff to the press because you know there's love for Ellington. But Chris Johnson this year is like he's the old guy who's not going to get hurt. Yeah, he's motherfucking tough. Yeah, he's getting shit. Done he got and shot in the summer. Exactly. You know, he's I mean, shot. Yeah, like he's gonna be fine. He's gonna make it through this whole yeah. season, and he's gonna put up great numbers. He's definitely the guy to own. And Carson Arians Ball. likes him. That's yeah. what's so exciting is that exactly. this game he had. Well, Show like, me the bullet wound again, man. He, yeah, ah, cool. He had like 110 <laughs> yards, no touchdowns, and two fumbles. They mm-hmm. left him in the game mm-hmm. because they don't trust David Johnson with the ball, and Andre Ellington is not as good as Chris Johnson. Mm-hmm. So you know, like they're he, they're gonna ride him now. Do I want Andre Ellington as a handcuff if I have no one else? Like if I'm dropping someone off my. He's butt? got very high handcuffs. You know, if you're if you're if you're dropping Le'Veon Bell, pick up Andre Ellington if you have yeah, nothing better. Yeah, exactly. Right, like because he's he's going to be that lotto ticket where if Chris Johnson gets hurt, which is possible, he is older. He's guy. old, and it's right back. I I personally think that he won't. According to my like bullshit yeah. <laughs> doctor degree that I just made up for myself, I don't think he's going to get injured. But like that doesn't yeah. mean anything. No, <laughs> I, I, you know if if someone in your league wants to trade with you and they own Andre Ellington, ask for him as a throw-in. You know what I mean? Try to get him sneakily. Mm. Like he's just gonna he's gonna be that handcuff. He'll that, be there all year. Yeah, I sitting mean, in the back. Don't you wish that you owned a D'Angelo Williams right now? Yeah, like, exactly. like Andre Ellington's going to be the next D'Angelo Williams. The, or the, could be. I perfectly say said. Be. Perfectly yeah. said. And another guy they trust with the ball there is Larry Fitzgerald. He's going to yep. be a safe bet for the rest of the year. They just signed him for the rest of his career. Uh, I watched on Sunday an interception happen uh, with Larry Fitzgerald. They stripped the ball right out from right out of, of from his arms, like he was moving down the field, and yep. he was like, "Holy crap, the ball's not there anymore." And you know. Doesn't happen very often to Larry Fitzgerald. He goes over to the sidelines, and you know what? They just tap on the back. And they're like, "Larry, you're old enough. You know what's going on." Yeah, you don't you know? do that again. Don't you know? Yeah. You don't. We don't. We would prefer that didn't happen. Yeah. basically. And the same all. way that Chris Johnson got treated and, after and his two fumbles. And it's they're like going to throw it to him. That. They're going to throw it to him next set, right? Yeah. It's like he's going to get the targets. He's going to get the catches. Now, this is a good. really veteran team. I think that's a good mm-hmm. point you make because uh, you know Palmer's old, Chris Johnson's exactly. old, Fitzgerald's it's a old. A team they, that they, sort of runs itself, and that, yeah. it, that's what it looks like. That yeah. they, like they. They look into each other's eyes and they talk about it. And because they're older, they they're understand. all they're all probably understand the importance of saying like, "Listen, yeah. I think this is good for us right now, yeah. or I think this is good for me, or this is where I'm at." You, you know, got, those are those are guys at three very important positions that are coming back to their coaches and saying, "Here's what I'm seeing." Mm-hmm. Right when Larry Fitzgerald goes to his offensive coordinator and says, "Hey, you know, I'm seeing something interesting in this coverage," yeah. he's fucking Larry Fitzgerald. He's yeah, just exactly. a wide receiver exactly. clinic for the best wide receivers in the world. Exactly. Every summer. Exactly. He knows what he's talking about. Chris Johnson knows a defense, mm-hmm. right? Carson Palmer is clearly one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league at this point. So. Andre Ellington is a fan. He's been doing it forever. So it, when even when he's not running yeah. the ball, having him on the team and watching what's going on is going to help your team win and get more points. And, and uh, the defense is where there's more youth, there. which is where you want youth. And, and they're doing a great job with it. That's they're the thing. It. Yeah, Kevin so. Minter, Tyron Matthew, you know, they've got these, these guys who are throwing 
their bodies around, making big plays. Uh, they were returning touchdowns, uh, or excuse me, interceptions for, for touchdowns. Uh, it's the, the Cardinals are the team you want to be targeting if 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 you're looking to make trades to uh, line up for the for the stretch run uh, mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Uh, target some Cardinals. Get get some of them on your team. Carson Palmer, man, if you can get him as your quarterback, you're good to go. You're rocking. He might be the QB one for the rest of the year. The way he's playing right now, uh, I think he's fantastic. He's won me money in DFS at, at least once. So, so uh, uh, next in the uh, NFC West, do you know? Uh, it's not my team. It's Mr. Gurley's team. Yeah, it's the Gurley team. Which, St. Louis Rams because they beat the Seahawks in Week Two uh, yeah. or Week One, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, they're, they're they're not a good team. They're not a good. They're team, not a good no. team. What they have is a generational running back talent, mm-hmm. and Jeff Fisher is exactly the kind of dickhead mutant that will just ride Todd Gurley as Until, far as he can go. Yeah, and and Todd Gurley looks like a guy that can go far. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And he's not. He's, he's like definitely more than one season. It doesn't look like he's gonna. Like, no one can stop him. No one can hurt him. He just came off of a long injury, so he's well-rested. He's not banged up. He can take, you know, 30 touches a game, no problem. He's one of the most valuable players, fantasy-wise, in the league. Oh, I would would trade any other fantasy player in the league for him straight up, including DeMonta Freeman. Wow. I would absolutely do that, unquestionably. I would Mm -hmm. just straight up trade him for for anybody. Um, Are you listening? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, he he is the most talented running back in the league. He is young. There's no threat to him on that team whatsoever. What did I say on Sunday in in our league chat? I was like, I hope Adrian Peterson one day grows up to be the player that Todd Gurley is. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Um, The rest of that team is not good. No, not good. Nick Uh, Foles is running that offense? Is he? Is he? is he even there? Like, yeah. Who had, I mean, who's, you know, like... Say what you will Kenny about... Kenny Britt, Tavon Austin had a huge game on Sunday, but Tavon Austin made that game happen. Yeah. Was he down the field when the balls were thrown to him? Hardly ever. Yeah. Tavon yeah. Austin was take had to take handoffs to yeah. get shit done because... And because I think, you know what? You can't throw the fucking ball when Nick Foles is pulling the trigger, I right? Think, I think that Tavon Austin has proven that he has enough talent player. that he... Yeah. He, you know, he was considered a bit of a draft bust there for mm-hmm. a while. People were saying, you know, the same way that Cordero Patterson gets talked about now. Um, Look but, out if he goes to the right team. Exactly. Exactly. And Cordero Patterson actually might be on the trade block, so that'll be something interesting to watch for. But, yeah, I mean, if, if a guy like Bill Belichick had Tavon... On Austin, we'd be talking about the greatest, you know, wide receiver season of all time. Exactly. Right? exactly. Uh, I think he's got enough talent now that you can start using him as a WR two uh, regularly and mm-hmm. hope for a touchdown. I think he's he's proven. I mean, there's such a deficit of talent there at wide receiver. There is. But Todd Gurley's going to keep the uh, keep keep defenses keyed on him, and it's going to make guys. You know, just what we were talking about with Dallas about there not being enough talent in their offense to threaten to, to, the defense. Yeah. It, well, well Gurley when, makes it so that that's the threat to the defense, the, and it lets guys like Tavon. Austin do whatever the fuck they want against a nickelback, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he, that guy's not going to know how to stop Tavon Austin. Uh, yeah, it's it's the worst when the guy behind the center is is not good. Like basically the the downgrade in Dallas and just Nick Foles. Yeah. In, in well, and bad field. coaching. I mean, the, the Jeff Fisher is not a good football coach. Mm-hmm. He has a losing uh, career record. I mean, he's no he's no Ken Weisenhunt, the world's worst coach. But yeah. But he's pretty bad, and yeah. um, the, I don't see that team dealing with him while they're in the middle of this moving to L.A. horseshit. That yeah, there's really, a lot of shit going on in the yeah. city, and they're second 
Yeah, you know, and they've won a few games, so exactly. don't expect a lot to change. And this there. is the the Jeff Fisher fucking uh, La Brea tar pits, right? This is where he he gets you gummed up in mm-hmm. his eight and eight seasonal record every year because it's just good enough that no one ever wants to do anything about it. Uh, with Tavon, or excuse me, with uh, Gurley, you know, running defenses into the ground, I don't see that changing. Mm-hmm. Basically, basically, to those of you out there in fantasy land who own t- Todd Gurley, yes, congratulations. Uh, Tavon Austin is also worth owning. That's that's it. That's it. That's good it. day, good day, St. Louis. Uh, that defense is good enough that you're if you're in a, de- uh, a defense starting league, uh, I absolutely start them on matchups because they have a really imposing front line and they get a lot of sacks um, relative to. to They're pretty know, tough to beat. They are. So I would I would definitely target them and there's some of their IDP players. I mean Al Gogoltree, whomever else. So uh, let's go. Let's move on to the Seahawks. Everybody's yeah. favorite West Coast team. Yeah, the, man. the team that everybody loves to love over here for some reason that I will never jump on that bandwagon unless things are very different in my opinion I just I, I, they're not my favorite football team I love them so I, I'll I, speak for I, them. you know I, you know what I like about them it's like they they <laughs> I don't know. They it's, find new ways to win games. That's what I like about them. It's never just like a like lot of touchdowns. I feel like they drafted a team, and then they went to this team's house, and then they said, hey, man, can we meet your neighbors? And they met the neighbors, and then they hired the neighbors as the actual players. It's like these dudes in your neighborhood that are pretty good at playing football are all together on a football team yeah. now, and they really want to win. Yeah, like, but that's about it. Like, yeah. You have converted defensive linemen playing offensive line. Yeah. You have, uh, you know, they traded away their best, their only remaining offensive line mm-hmm. for tight end that they don't appear to know how to use. Uh, yeah, so when, when the offensive line is that bad, the only apart. reason that you're getting plays done is Russell Wilson. Yeah, absolutely. Let I will not say that he is not a talented guy, but his talent is being squandered because he's trying to just keep himself alive yes, all the time. Absolutely. He's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL, I think, or yeah. second right now. Yeah, like it's it's tough being a Russell. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know there, it's it's sad because at the beginning of this in the in the preseason when they weren't getting hammered so hard on the offensive line when they actually had it looked time to, good. He, he was throwing great. deep balls to Tyler Lockett. You know, it yeah. looked like they were finally going to be that team that actually passes out of the pocket because uh, they. Have have the, they have the talent that when Russell Wilson is given the time that he needs to get things done, he will put the ball in the places right, where they can catch them, it. Exactly. Where they can catch it. Exactly. But until he's given that time, the whole team goes downhill. Yeah. And shit rolls downhill, man. It rolls. It's rolling right off of the offensive line down into the, everybody's mouth. And, and I don't. I don't know that they understand what the problem is because they're so stubborn about this. Mm-hmm. It's like every time I think that they maybe grasp the problem, they do something to prove that not only do they they're ignoring the problem, but they actively misunderstand it. Like trading away Unger, that was such a bad move in yeah. retrospect, right? Mm-hmm. Or they they decided not to pick up Lyle Collins, who was there for any for the taking because he slid so far in the draft. Lyle Collins is such a good rookie offensive lineman that he might have made the highlight of the week last week. I don't know if you saw him, that block that he threw for the Cowboys, where he picked up the guy and put him to the right. Yeah. Like he just went... Like, like he was shuffling books on yeah, the shelf. Yeah, it was, like, it was like, oh, you're not in the right place. My running back needs to go there. And he just went, and like, <laughs> like moved him to the side. It was like, like Minecraft or something. Yeah, it was unbelievable. <laughs> like, Do you think the Seahawks would look better with a guy like that instead of fucking Frank Clark, the domestic... Definitely would. You know? Like, definitely so, would. So I'm starting to wonder if maybe... 
I, wa- I want to believe that right now they are calling. They don't look like they're. They were. They don't look like the team that was in the Super Bowl. Team. Yeah, they don't look like they know what they're doing anymore. And, yeah. and and I hope that right now they're calling the Browns and begging them to trade them Alex Mack, who's apparently on the trade market, and they desperately need a new center. If that's the case, maybe Big they, mistake, could Browns. This, they could they could turn this around a little bit. Um, I don't even know if they can make the salary work. Frankly, I'm just saying they need they need an injection of talent yeah. by the offensive line. Um, and if they don't and hopefully get it, with some leadership skills involved too. Yeah, I think that. If you're playing offensive line in the NFL, you're talented enough. Yeah. It's just if it's a it's, if it's all, yeah, yeah. If it's all mediocre and there's no communication there yeah. and they don't work together well, then you're fucked. Absolutely. And that's every offensive line coach in the world knows it, so that's what the Seahawks <laughs> are trying to coach this band of misfits into doing. But it's just it's not working. And they mm-hmm. need to do something about it. And if they don't, their season's gonna go down the tubes. Uh, let's talk offense. Um Marshawn well, Lynch is still Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, he's fantastic. I'd love to own him. He's an RB two with a you know with a good floor and not and tons a, of ups, upside anymore because yeah. they like I said offensive line down. And he's a little injured. That's the other thing right mm-hmm. now. He's he's starting to get old. He's starting to get a little banged up, and uh, it's start, it's showing. So you know if if someone's going to offer you someone for him, you know if someone has name brand fever and is willing to give you Gurley for him or something insane like that, yeah, yeah. take it. Right? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you walk away with, with, or even even if you can get Chris Johnson and a wide receiver you desperately need or something yeah. like that, I would do that. He, he's, he, again, the, like you said, the upside is no longer there. Um, uh, Thomas Rawls is a really, really intriguing dynasty stash. He, he's my favorite piece of that team yeah, right now because because when he runs he looks like Christine Michael got a chance you know yeah, what I mean like yeah, yeah, he yeah. Looked, he's that that's little, why Christine little, Michael lost that job because Thomas Rawls runs yeah. just like that yeah you know? exactly he's he's it's anyway it's, and they like him he's so great you know, stuff. When, so if you can have him next year Marshawn Lynch is breaking down yeah man, and, and you it's know happening. It's he, happening. Marshawn Lynch has been doing this like on a on a one year by one year extension basis for a while now I could totally see if they miss the playoffs or if they have a disappointing playoff run he's just going to retire and that's the Thomas Rawls show yeah so you know the Fred Jackson show. No, it's not. He's old and, and he's been fine. Marshawn Lynch and Fred Jackson are going to retire together at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, and go it's off on a fishing trip. Yeah, it's going to be a friends. beautiful scene. Yeah. Like some, some sort Later, of movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, if so, and if we can go into the wide receiver core, I mean, uh, Tyler Lockett is far and away the best. He is far and away the best, and the the thing about him is, look out if Russell Wilson gets time, because yeah. if he does, he will climb the ladder to number one on that team in a matter of weeks. Yeah, because he just has the most talent, and Russell and Wilson loves throwing to him. Yeah, I mean that's the the reason that he has been the most consistent offensive player, even though it's been a disappointing consistency, mm-hmm. and that like it's not enough to for your fantasy season to really, unless you're like. In a return yardage league, then he's been fantastic as a wide out three. But it's not been good as much as I wanted to see, or as much as he's capable of. Mm-hmm. But the reason he's still even giving you that much, despite all of the problems this team has been having, is because the one touchdown pass that Russell Wilson throws is to him, is to him mm-hmm. every game, and so or, or to Luke Wilson, whoever the fuck that is. Um, so you know. He, there's there's clearly chemistry there that could be developed. I love him in a dynasty or a keeper format. I think that if you need a wide out three, he's great mm-hmm. uh, to have it for bye weeks, that kind of thing. Um, I Plus, he returns kicks really well. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, so you get, you get that stuff from, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can and, get... you know, Doug Baldwin is not good. Uh, there, there's all these other guys on that team that are that are not 
I mean, they're fine, but they're nothing. They're nothing. They're exciting. just like Terrence Williams. They're just like Cole Beasley. Exactly. They're, it's like it's they're a band of misfits that are highly talented. When Russell Wilson has the chance to get the ball yeah. where it needs to go, what that team needed was again, and this is where we, we, it gets really frustrating with the Seahawks. They had an opportunity to go after Doriel Green Beckham in the draft, mm-hmm. right? And how good look would he look on that team? He would look tall, great, right? Huge. Exactly. They need a huge they guy with huge short hands. Yeah. yeah. So again. I, I think that the Seahawks, if, they, if they're active in the trade market down the stretch, uh, that team could very quickly turn it around. If they get an offensive lineman, I move Marshawn Lynch way up my rankings. I move Tyler Lockett exactly. up my rankings. Jimmy Graham is on the Jimmy same Jimmy Graham is so boat. close to, so, to doing it. Like, he's on the same boat. Like yeah. His talent level might be able to make the Seahawks turn their shit around if Russell Wilson and him can figure out a way to work together for that tiny bit of more time. But until he gets that more time, basically the whole team is just waiting on something to happen. Now, if you're a Jimmy Graham drafter, you're probably disappointed. That's fair. I will say so is he. Tight end is still a wasteland this year. Mm-hmm. So whatever poo poo you're getting out of Jimmy Graham every week, where it's anywhere from two to ten points, look at the rest of it. Yeah, it, fuck man, two to ten points is what we're all getting out. Yeah. Travis Kelsey, even Gronkowski's had a couple of rough weeks. Yeah. So just you know, keep starting him. There's nothing better out there unless you unless Barnage is available somehow. Or what's his name? Who's getting all that work on the Saints now? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Ben Watson, yeah. Heath Miller, yeah. uh, might be somebody he's who's play matchups. I think he's gonna. He's have a big week, week nine. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, putting, I'm putting him in my DFS. I've already decided. Yeah, yeah. Heath Miller's up more. against Oakland, which is the worst tight end defense in yeah. the league. So, uh, but yeah, Crocky Gilmore is another guy. The, but again, any of those guys we just listed, including Ben Watson, I, I would strictly play them on matchups with Jimmy Graham. I would just see who has the better matchup that week and, mm-hmm. and switch him around. Jimmy Graham is not... He has not fallen out of tight, tight end one status yet, and that's just a, a reflection of how shallow that is. You um, know... I'm going to just point out this my favorite part because we can talk about Seattle all day because sure. you got like six jerseys or some shit. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you have like a Tate jersey and uh, like every no, guy who's Percy left Arvin jersey. Percy Harvin. Basically, everybody who's left the team. There's there's a jersey. Oh jersey. god. But anyway, um, all the hopes and dreams. What I've always wanted to say is. Last because this is the last team we're covering in all the NFL mm-hmm. and absolutely least oh. San Francisco 49ers. And it's just sort of fun that they just ended up being the last team that we talk about because they are what do worst. you want me to tell you? They, if they, you own anything on that team, ha <laughs> All of the shit that people predicted about them being bad came not only true, but was like tenfold. Five. Yeah. It's yeah. like somebody fucking curse them like like uh, a, a gypsy you know give me a name yeah. like who's the owner uh, uh, Jed York it's like Jed York walked into some sort of like forest and under the bridge was a troll and the troll came up and said not only will you lose <laughs> but it will be embarrassing and a horrible run for well, you I, and I'll tell like, you who did oh, it. Well, whatever man <laughs> and guess what Harbaugh went down to the to, to uh, this weird little fortune teller yeah, thing exactly. at, the, at the docks and yeah. made a wish like, like in big yeah, it exactly. wasn't plugged in and he's getting he he got his wish. And, and I think that it starts with firing Harbaugh, right? Like you saw that they decided that 
they were going to make decisions even though they were bad decisions and they didn't know what they were going to do and they were just going to keep making decisions mm. god damn it so you hired Jim Tomsula who should be a shady mechanic like he's not a football coach you know he, yeah. he manages a small janitorial company right? like he's just it's it's bad it's enough to get him food on the table yeah, but, yeah. you know he, he, beyond he, he, that he put his kids through trade school that's, yeah. that's Jim Tomsula's you know career uh, I um I look at him. I look at the coaches all the way down the line. Uh, they still won't bench Calvin Kaepernick. You know, like they're just making every Ugh. bad decision they can. Ugh. They let Jared Hayne go, even though they're, they're now they're going to be death. They're going to have to ask him back. That's going to be awesome. It's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> it is embarrassing. Do you know that he found out that he had been cut when he came to the team bench and, or excuse me, to the bus, and they were like, "Oh, no one told you." Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, that is so like grade school. Yeah, man. this is and, and oh you know, man, the thing about him, they're a terrible he's, team. He's a he's a I'm not going to say he's like a dick or anything, but he's a prideful man. He's a star athlete back in his home country. Yeah. Can you imagine being treated like that by some garbage oh, ass some offense? And, right. then, and then, and then, and they're then like, a week oh, later, the they're like, "Do you want to be back on the team?" Yeah, if I was him, I'd be, I'd be calling up like the Seahawks, anybody, and like trying to get Ricardo anybody, place. Yeah, exactly. anybody, right? Because if you could just turn around and be like, "Fuck you guys," that'd be nice. Yeah, but most likely we'll see Jared Hayne in the backfield. I suspect then. he'll be somewhere. I mean, they're gonna they're no, he'll be him. back on San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, Mike Davis's hand is broken. Yep. Uh, Carlos Hyde's stress fracture is nothing to joke about, and Reggie Bush is an old man who looked like he died. Oh yeah, he he hurt something severely. Uh, and then they, I don't even remember the name of the guy. He was the only running back left on the team. Gipper de Gerger. G, there's a G in it. Yeah, God, God, Goolsby or whatever the yeah. fuck his name is. I, don't I mean, know. we're doing a podcast. We should know, but fuck that guy. Yeah, I, he's, he's number four in a bad on a bad team. Like he's screwed. Unless unless you're playing in some twenty team deep dynasty yeah. league, just who cares? Yeah, like exactly. he has no relevance. He has so. no relevance. In fact. He is now the nameless guy with the G last name is now my number one hope for breakout this year because it would just make me so happy to see yeah. <laughs> like oh now San Francisco's all of a sudden winning games because this one guy you don't even know what his name is is like running over people that'd be awesome yeah I'm sure it's not gonna happen yeah. but it's I, now what I want listen Gary Barnage gives hope to everyone yeah right? exactly <laughs> exactly yeah, it's always Gary nice Barnage. to have that one guy who's like who the hell is this guy oh my god he how just he before that last year yeah. well Antonio Andrews right now yeah. Like he he's uh, coming out of nowhere. Yeah, he's coming out of nowhere and leading a backfield. You know, uh, things could happen. These things could happen. Is it going to happen in San Francisco? I'm looking into the future. No, but uh, it'd be cool if it did. <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk about San Francisco going forward. Um, no, I think we did. No, no, There's nothing to own what, there. It, what when, when not if. When, not if, they bench Colin Kaepernick. Blaine Gabbard's the backup. Blaine Gabbard is so bad that Jacksonville fired him. Yeah. You know, he is not in any way, shape, or form an improvement, which is why they're resisting the urge to uh, bench Kaepernick. Um, the offensive line is bad. The defense is decimated by retirement and injury. It, uh, don't own any part of that team. Yeah, it's, it's bad. I, don't I, own I'm it. looking at the people that are owned in our league, and I mean, like, there's hope. For Carlos Hyde, but most likely uh, San Francisco is, is, is in a di- downward, desperate spiral. They'll put Hyde back in before he should go back in. He's going to get hurt again. End of season. You're, you're basically hoping that Vernon Davis gets traded to somebody. Yeah. You know, like if you, you go pick up Vernon Davis, if you have room on your bench and just hold him for two weeks and see if he gets traded somewhere, good. Yeah. Uh, that might, you know, turn your season around. But other than that, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, just stay away. 
that's every team in the NFL. We just summed it up. Yeah. Soon we can get back to talking about like football and what's going on and like maybe the NFL apocalypse that just happened. Yes. Um, I guess in a couple of days we'll have another podcast. Yeah, we'll eight have and we'll talk episode about eight. Your waiver strategies uh, going forward, who you should be looking at claiming. Um, spoiler alert, try to trade for Mark Ingram because Kerry Robinson's dead. Yeah. yeah, uh, exactly. and Or, or C.J. Spiller. C.J. Spiller, Spiller just yeah. got a huge boost in value. So there you go. That was your quick little peek, sneak peek of the, the next episode. Yeah, and, uh, we might have some new... Uh, some new we're, we're going to try and continue to find our voice and uh, bring you new, fun, and interesting things. Yes, our, our, our upcoming segment, uh, Fire This Asshole. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. We're yeah. going to come up with stuff. We're, we're going to figure it out. Um, thanks for listening to the Concussion Protocol. Uh, yeah, good luck in Fantasyland this week. See you later. Bye.